continue our series on different people from the Bible that maybe you don't hear. Am I on? No? Now I'm on. I can tell. Thank you, Brandy. Make me sound good. I sound better this way, don't I? <laughs> so uh, today's message is about uh, Apollos. And Apollos uh, made me think of Apollos Creed from the movie Rocky. So I grew up with this. Uh, how many of you guys actually use the Rocky theme song to work out and lift weights and stuff? Got you pumped, got you going, you know, you get real excited, get lifted up. But as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about Apollos and it made me think of Creed. And then as, as God was working with this message, I realized Apollos did have a creed in the Bible. He lived by a creed. And we see in Acts chapter 18 here, some of the things that Apollos lived out in his life, that Luke, the writer of Acts, wrote down and said, these were things I noticed about Apollos. These were things that I've seen in Apollos. Now, Apollos, again, is not one of those people we hear a lot about in Scripture, but he played a significant role in the church getting started and going. He had such great enthusiasm and passion, we'll talk about that more later, but he just did a lot of great things for the early church to encourage the church and move the church forward and help the church to continue to grow. And so we're going to dive into some of those things. The first three things I'm going to do, though, is I'm going to look at some scriptures here about mentioning of him, and then we'll go back to Acts chapter 18. So if you want to hold Acts chapter 18 as you're in place, and we'll, we'll stay there most of the time, and we'll, we'll travel to some Psalms and some Proverbs and some other places, but we'll go back to Acts chapter 18 a lot. So we'll start off with some of the other places that he's mentioned. Acts chapter 19, verse 1, it says this, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. So uh, here's, here's just a statement that uh, Paulus was traveling around. He was a traveler. He came from different places, went different places, and he was going to some of the same cities that Paul was going to and encouraging the believers and the people that would follow Christ and also defending the faith in Jesus Christ. So he would take scriptures and talk to people about Jesus. So in Titus chapter 3, verse 13, and here's another place that we see Apollos mentioned. It says, do everything you can to help Zeus, the lawyer, and Apollos on their way and see that they have everything that they need. And the reason why I wanted to share this scripture is because it's very evident that on this island of Crete, where Paul was talking to uh, Titus and kind of helping instruct him how to lead, is that these two individuals were coming, Apollos was one of them, and that they needed to take care of their needs and just kind of meet the needs that they had. That Paul was very confident in Apollos and appreciated Apollos' ministry. And so it was something that Paulus didn't see him as a rival, and we're going to find out another place here, that Paul saw them as equals, doing the ministry of God. And so Apollos had a, play, a key role in that ministry, and Paul wanted to make sure Apollos was taken care of along with Zenos the lawyer. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, we see another place. And this is probably some of the ones we hear the most out of Scripture uh, when it's repeated and talked about. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, it says this, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. And so we see that Apollos was a part of what the ministry that was happening. See, Paul was in Corinth for about a year and a half doing ministry there, helping establish the church, helping the church grow, uh, inviting new members. And it was a growing church. 
And so Paul's ministry there was for about a year and a half. And we don't know exactly how long Apollos was there. But sometime after Paul was there, Apollos arrived. And he was encouraging the church, helping the church grow. Well, there kind of became a, a fragment or a sense that some people started saying, well, I follow Paul. And then the others would say, well, I follow Apollos. So his letter to Corinth is to help clear the air and help him to understand it's not a rivalry. It's not about who's better or who's worse at this. We're both working together for the common good to help people grow in Christ. So what he's saying here is, Paul is saying, but God has been making it grow. He's saying, I planted a seed in you. And now Paulus comes by and he's watering it. He's, he's making it thrive. He's making it grow or helping it grow by God. But God is the one that has been making it grow this whole time. He's been the one that's been at work the whole time, planting the seed, watering it, and hopefully at some point receiving a harvest from what's been established, the gospel going out. Now, Acts chapter 18, verse 24, it says this, and this is kind of where we get into the meat of what we're talking about today in Acts chapter 18. It says this, and we're going to take a little bit of time on this set of verse, or this one verse here for a second. It says, meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, and let me stop there for a second and just talk a little bit about the fact that Apollos was a Jew. He was a, tra a traveling Jew because he was from a city called Alexandria. Alexandria is on the north top of Egypt, and it's right close, near, kind of close to the Nile River. It's a port city, and to this day, it's still active and it's still a thriving city. Well, in Roman times, this was the second largest city in the Roman Empire. And of course, Alexander, we know Alexander the Great. So the fact is, this was a city that was thriving, busy, a lot of people coming in and out. It was a city of knowledge and wisdom. There was a lot of great architecture. There was a lot of great things happening in the city. And there was a library with over 500,000 scrolls in the library. Of course, they didn't have books like we do. They had scrolls. But there was a wealth of knowledge in Alexandria. So this was a place where uh, Apollos came from. So he, he loved to, to get that knowledge. He, we're going to see that more play out. But the fact he came from that, also being a Jew, that he knew of the customs of a Jewish person. He knew what the scripture said. He understood. He had a good knowledge of scriptures, as we'll find out more. And it says here, it says in verse, or this verse in 24, part B of this verse, it says, he came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. So the first thing I want to share about Apollos' creed, the, what he lived by, what he did, what, he, what we can understand from him and how he lived his life that Luke takes notice of is the first thing he was, he was a learned man. He was somebody that liked to learn. He liked to learn about things. He liked to learn about God. He liked to learn about the scriptures. He was a studier. He was somebody that liked to grow in his knowledge. And that is something for us as Christians I know for me, when I became a Christian at nine and I accepted Jesus as my Savior, there wasn't a whole lot I knew except that there was one God and that Jesus died for my sins and I wanted to live for him. And I was sorry and I wanted to repent of my sin and confess him as Lord of my life. But as a Christian, being a Christian for over almost 30 some years now, I hopefully I've grown and I learn and I, I keep going back to the scriptures to become better and stronger in my defense of this gospel that I can talk about what Jesus has done for me and explain it to others about what God is doing and what God is about and how he loves us and how he cares for us and he has a purpose and a plan for each one of our lives. 
So he was a learner. Now, here's a verse in Psalm 25, in verse 5, that maybe he studied, maybe he read. Maybe these were some of the scriptures that he read, not saying he did for sure, but possibly. It says in verse 25, or chapter 25, verse 5, it says this, Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you are God, my Savior, and my hope is in you all the day long. So again, our desire should be this. To let God teach us his truth through his word. That he would teach us and mold us and shape us because he is our God, our savior, and our hope. And we should put our hope in him all day long. In other words, we should look for him for truth in our life. We should seek. We should try to learn and grow as Christians to become better for him. To be able to be uh, stronger leaders and and be able to to defend the gospel more uh, eloquently. uh, and, And be able to share about what God has done for me and you. Well, here, we, let's go to the first part of verse 25. In, or in verse 25 in Acts chapter 18. So Acts chapter 18, verse 25, let's call this part A. So we've got part A, B, C, D here today. It's interesting because four of these points come from one verse in the Bible. But I think it says a lot about who Apollos was. In verse, this part, it says, He had been instructed in the way of the Lord. So what does this say about Apollos? That he had a teacher. He was teachable. He was, he was given information and he took it in. He didn't just say, oh, I don't want to, I already know everything. He continued to learn. And we'll see this with uh, Priscilla and Aquila as they kind of teach him some things about the gospel and kind of fill in some blanks that he had, that he was willing to be taught. He was willing to take information in and adjust who he was. And sometimes we can be very concerned with feedback, right? We don't like feedback. We don't want to hear negative things about us. We can all get defensive a little bit sometimes. But sometimes if there's people around us that love us and care about us, and value us. Sometimes they're not trying to defeat us or discourage us. They're wanting to help us grow in Christ. And they will come and share things so that we can become better. We need to have a heart to be teachable so that we can grow further. Well, I'm going to get in trouble because the teachable thing is what I want to get across. But in our house, we always had this rule, you're not allowed to say this one word. And I know this for some kids, so hopefully parents, you can just blame me if this goes bad and goes wrong. <laughs> But, but we were not allowed to say the word stupid. You know, that, that's just a bad word. You're not allowed to say that. And, you know, probably the same thing as uh, stupid could also mean fool. But we were, we were just talking. And I was preparing this message. And I came upon this verse. And it kind of spoke to me. And I thought, wow, this is a great verse to use for my series. And I was kind of sharing it. Shelly and Isabella and my daughter were in the same room. We were talking about it and, and discussing about how we, we never really were allowed to say that room in the house because it's a bad word. Hopefully you kids understand it. It's not a very good word to say to people. Okay, please. And, <laughs> and anyhow, uh, I read the verse, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. And my daughter spoke up and said, yes, sometimes I have a real issue with that. Sometimes I don't love the discipline I receive. And I said, well, being the great father, great pastor that I am, I replied back to you, well, you know what the Bible says about it? It says you're stupid. (laughs) She totally wanted me to share that with you today. She had no problem with it. She thought it was hilarious. But the fact is, is sometimes we are, aren't we? Sometimes me or you or we get our kind of our heads and we think we know it all and we think we've already been taught everything and like what do I need to learn something? I've been in I've been in church for all my life and what do I need to learn something about God? Well, <laughs> yeah, I need to learn. 
I need to grow. There's things I could still learn. There's still things. I believe as long as I'm here upon this planet, there's still opportunity for me to grow in Christ. There's still things that I fully don't understand about Scripture, and I want to continue to learn and grow. And we should not just turn that aside and say, I don't want discipline. I don't want to grow. I don't want people to call me out on things. Uh, We should love correction because it helps us grow further for Christ. In Acts chapter 18, verse 25, it says this. He spoke with great fervor. And I think about this. this what this means is a fervor is, is this idea of, of, of having great passion and excitement. And so we see that, that Apollos had this great excitement about him. He had this great passion. He was wanting to get the word out. He was wanting to speak. And he spoke with this great passion and this great excitement that he had. And I want to ask us ourselves, do we speak with a passion for God, that he is our savior? You know, we'll, we'll speak passion about our teams, we'll speak passion about our schools that we went to, and we'll, we'll speak about them, about being excited about them, or we, we love that, or we're our home state, we'll be excited about that. But do we speak about God with excitement? Are we excited to talk about Christ and what he's done for us? Do we have a passion or an excitement about us? It doesn't mean you have to get all crazy like me sometimes. It just means that you have a passion because you care about what you're saying. You care about what you're speaking. You care about what you're saying because it matters. This gospel matters. The knowledge of Jesus matters. And so Apollos not only studied the scriptures and knew what it says, but he was so excited to share the news the revelation that it would help others to see who God was, who, to see who Christ was. And he spoke with great passion and excitement. So where is our fervor? Where is our desire and our excitement when it comes to God? That needs to be on display. Maybe not the same way. Some of us are more charismatic than others, but still inside of us there should be an excitement to talk about the Lord and share with our friends and our family privately even to let them know about who Jesus is. As I go back and think about the little thing about teachable, and I think it goes along with uh, fervor and the passion that we should have. Uh, somebody came to John Maxwell, a great leader, and said, hey, I wish I would have came to you 20 years ago and heard, heard about this, the leadership that you know. And he's like, no, no, you don't. And he's like, well, why? Why wouldn't I want to hear you 20 years ago? I'm not the same leader I am today. I'm a better leader today than I was 20 years ago. And again, it goes to show us the growth that needs to happen. It goes to show us the the fact that we need to have a passion and a heart to grow, to become better and stronger for him. Psalm 69 verse 9, it says this, for zeal for your house consumes me and the insults of those who insult you fall on me. See, zeal means that same thing. It means passion. It means a drive. It means a dedication. It means that you overcome certain things to go after and pursue something. And so as we look at this also, it hit me when I read this verse. It encouraged me and also kind of challenged me. When God gets insulted, does it insult me? Not that I get angry about it and and judge somebody else, but does it hurt my heart to see God offended? Does it hurt me when I see that God is not respected? It should hurt us. It should affect us. And again, not to go to the point of anger. I don't think that's right to judge other people because we don't know their heart. But it should affect us because we care about him. We love him because he first loved us. We care about what's being said about him because it impacts us. And we know the difference he made in our life. 
I love that part. And the insults of those who insult you fall on me. So going back to Acts chapter 18, verse 25. So I think we're at part C or something like that. But here we see, taught about Jesus accurately, though he knew only the baptism of John. So this is a very interesting thing because uh, he, he, he accurately talked about Jesus. So he knew that Jesus was the Messiah. He knew that Jesus had been the one that was prophesied in the Old Testament. So imagine Paulus is thinking about the Old Testament and the scriptures, and along with all the other young Christians that have started, they didn't have the New Testament for them. They had the Old Testament to really rely on, but he understood the Old Testament. He understood the Old Testament falls in line with who Jesus was and who Jesus is. He understood that. But it says here that he, he didn't say anything that was against Jesus or, or made anything that was in an error towards Jesus about his life. But there were some things that he was missing, some knowledge, some information that he didn't have that he needed someone to come alongside him and help him. And we'll see that later play out with uh, Priscilla and Aquila. It says that he only knew the baptism of John the Baptist. So either he was in uh, Jerusalem or Israel at the time and heard John's message and possibly was baptized by John, a repentance baptism. He didn't know much, much or all the intricacies, is that right? All that information about who Jesus was and what he did. He knew some, but he didn't know everything. And we don't know exactly what that was. But John the Baptist was a great influence on his life. And so he took John the Baptist's message, pieced together what he knew from scriptures, looked at Jesus and said, Jesus is the Messiah, and talked about Jesus to other people about what he did and what he, what he did for all of us. And so it's important for us to be accurate, isn't it? It's, for us, it's important for us to be, another word I like to think, authentic. For us to be sincere about our faith. For us to take it seriously in a step that, yeah, we can have a fun time and I can make some jokes sometimes, but is my faith serious and I want to be accurate. I want to be right. I want to be where God wants me to be. I want to be teaching the right things. I want to be scripturally right with my messages. And so this was a part of, a, of apostle, the, the, not an apostle, but Apollos' mission and heart and creed in his life was he wanted to live this out. He wanted to make sure that he was accurate in what he said and what he did. Proverbs 23, verse 12, it says, Apply your heart to instruction and your ears to words of knowledge. So we should take and apply these things. How many of us take the things that we hear in a message or maybe a devotional we do or a small group or whatever it is that we've heard and we take it and we let it go, out, go in one ear and go out the other. We need to apply the things of God into our hearts and our lives. We need to put them into practice. We need to do those things. And many of us know that, but sometimes we need a reminder to make sure we take the things that we hear and actually put it into practice so that it can become a part of us. Because it's not really a part of you unless you apply it to your life. It's not really in, in you. It just went in you and out if you don't take it and use it in some way. And so this helps us to become more accurate when we take the things that we hear from God's word and apply it to our life. As a growing Christian, as we continue to grow, we should be looking at God's word and applying it and applying it and applying it to our life so that we're the living it out. 
And that always makes the biggest difference, right? It always helps people to see what we're about in Christ. Acts chapter 18, verse 25. So here we go to the last part, the D part. It says here, he began to speak boldly in the synagogues. You know, this is, this is something that I know for some of us, we kind of, uh, me, I, I, you know, I probably shared the story when I was in high school that I couldn't give book reports in front of my class. I was too shy and too nervous. I was too scared to give her a book report. Now you can't shut me up, so I'm just talking to her. But anyhow, the, the, the thing is, is that a lot of times I relied on my own strength. And I felt like I had to be confident and I had to be, uh, you know, be able to do this. And I thought the strength was in me. But when it comes to God, the strength is in him. So you're not the one doing all the work. And so many times we battle this, but it also helps because the more we study, the more we know, the more confidence we have, right? So the more you grow, the more confident you can be because you're not putting your trust in yourself, you're putting your trust in God. So you'd be more bold and be more willing to speak out. But see, Apollos wasn't just going to a private individual. He was willing to engage a whole synagogue of people about the gospel. He was willing to engage and show through scripture who Jesus was. And so what we need to do for us, if we take on Apollos' creed into our lives, we need to be more bold. Don't be shy about sharing. I'm not saying that you may be called to, to preach or you may be called to lead a Sunday school class, but don't be afraid to be bold in your workplace. Don't be afraid to be bolder in, in having a conversation with a coworker or a friend or a neighbor about your faith. It doesn't have to be eloquent. It doesn't have to be uh, always the thing that you feel like it has to be perfect because God can take that. Well, that's what we see with Apollos' life. This should encourage us about Apollos. Apollos didn't have it all together. He didn't have the full story of Christ, but he took what he knew. He took what he knew and he had a major, made a major difference in people's lives. And so many times we let, the, we let this thing, well, I don't know enough, hinder us from doing God's work. And I've shared it probably uh, before, but there was a little boy I remember, and I think he went to Leitner. And I think it was actually, I, I won't say his name, but I think I know who this was. But he accepted Christ at five years old. And what did he do with, with fervor, with great passion, with a great excitement? He took the knowledge he had of knowing Christ had saved his life. And he started getting on the phone when he got home. And he started calling everybody and all of his relatives and all of his friends. And he wanted to tell them about Jesus Christ. Man. See, sometimes we make an excuse. I can't serve God unless I know enough. And then like with Stephen Ministry, sometimes we feel intimidated by the learning and the growing process. And like, I, I can't learn. I don't want to go through that. Or I don't, I, I don't have time for that. And sometimes we make excuses, but God can use us where we are. And we just start there. and We take a step. We don't have to have it all together. We don't have to have it all figured out. But we have to have a, a certain heart about us that we're willing to be bold for Christ. We have to be willing to put our faith and trust in him. So here's some things, and I want to again go back to John the Baptist, and we're going to read some of the prophecy of John the Baptist, because John was such a great influence for what appears to be that John was a great influence over Apollos, that Apollos was really inspired by John. And actually, if you look at John the Baptist, 
There's a lot of similarities because he knew what he was talking about. He called people to repentance. He had a great fervor. He had a great passion to tell people about God. He would help people get back in line with where they were supposed to be to prepare the way of the Lord, to prepare people's hearts to receive the Messiah. He was pointing people out to see Jesus. And isn't that what Apollos was doing this whole time? Trying to help people to get a better understanding of God? Trying to use the scriptures of the Old Testament to help them understand who Jesus was? And why Jesus came to prepare people's hearts to receive Christ? Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3, it says this. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a way for our God. So here we see in Isaiah reading ahead of time who this person was going to be like, that John the Baptist was going to come, and he was going to prepare people's hearts in the future. And that's exactly what took place with John the Baptist, that he came before Jesus to prepare the way so that people could make their right with God and be open to the fact of Jesus coming, the Messiah. Malachi 3.1, it says this, I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me, then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to this his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. So John was the messenger that God was sending ahead of Jesus to prepare people's hearts so that they would be ready to receive Christ. So again, understanding Apollos, that's what he heard and that's what he ran with. He heard the message, repent for the kingdom of God is here. He heard the message, prepare the way for the Lord. He heard the repentance that he needed to have in his own heart. And he took that and he looked at the scriptures and he saw that Jesus fulfilled all the things that Paul was talking about and all the prophecies about Jesus. Acts chapter 18, verse 26b, it says this, when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. And so again, we see that, that Apollos was willing to be teachable, as I mentioned before, that he was willing to be taught, that he didn't know everything, and he was willing to take more information on to become a better minister. And actually, we find out after this that, as we read, that he, he just goes on and, and preaches more and reaches more people for Christ. Because he's explained and shown everything. It makes me think about people in my life that have inspired me. I don't share it very much, but I have an uncle who passed away that had Down syndrome. His name was Jerry. And one of the things about Jerry, and it reminds me of, of Apollos and the fact of his fervor and his passion and his excitement. And that he didn't have to know everything to believe. He didn't have to know all the details, but he had this great faith. My Uncle Jerry, when any time you talk about Jesus around him, he would get excited. He'd start praising the Lord. He'd start talking about how good God was. And it encouraged me and inspired me because here's somebody that didn't know all the scriptures, didn't know everything, but had such a passion for God, such a heart for God, and he wanted to let people know the God who he served. And when you took Jerry to church, you could see him shouting and getting excited because he loved Jesus. Do I have that? Do I take what I know, the knowledge that I have, and do I put faith with that so that I can become a, a representation of Christ to others? Do I reveal who Christ is in my life by that? 
So in verse 27, it says, when Apollos wanted to go to Achaia, the brothers and sisters encouraged him and wrote to the disciples there to welcome him. When he arrived, he was a great help to those who by grace had believed. For he vigorously refuted his Jewish opponents in public debate, proving from the scriptures that Jesus was the Messiah. Wow, what a great man. And what I think is great here too is that we see that those around him encouraged him, that they encouraged him. And this is another thing about our faith. And it goes back to what I believe about my grandma and grandpa, that when my grandpa would preach up here, my grandma would be sitting at the front row and she'd pray the whole time for the church, for my grandpa preaching the message and that people would be inspired by God. In other words, that we are working together. We're, that's a, it's not just a it's not just one of us doing one thing. It's all of us coming together and encouraging each other to help us grow in the knowledge and the goodness of God. It says they encourage him and they wrote to the other disciples to kind of say, hey, we approve of his ministry. We approve of what Apollos is doing. He's doing some amazing things. He's a great man of God. Continue to help him and encourage him. And it says that he was a great help to them. This would be great if, 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 if I could be known as this person, I was a great help. Wouldn't that be great if you could just be known as a great help to others? See, Apollos was not mentioned much in the Bible. It's like one of these, these other people that we've mentioned in the past series that we've been doing here at church, talking about these people that are lesser known. But he was a great help to the church. He was a great person that did a lot of great things. And we don't know about all of his ministry. And in fact, some scholars believe he might have been the one who wrote the book of Hebrews. would make a lot of sense because of his understanding of scriptures and how Jesus fit into that. We don't know that for sure, but that is what some scholars believe. But, not, but here's the thing that should give us hope. We don't, have to be, we don't have to be famous, do we, to make a difference? We don't have to have our name in spotlights. We don't have to uh, do something grand to make a difference. That God has placed you where he's placed you to be an influence where you are. And God has called you to do great things for him in the place where he planted you and where he's sending you and where you go. So kind of a recap before we close is this. And I think that we should look at Apollos and see what, what Apollos was like, but also look at our own life and ask these questions about, are we these things? Am I a learner? Am I somebody that's continually grow and becoming a better leader, better person, better person to, to, for Christ? Am I teachable? Am I willing to take feedback, even though sometimes it may not be something I want to hear, that I'm willing to take it in and allow it to help me grow, to be more faithful to Christ and be able to grow better and more accurately when I defend his name? Fervor. Do I have passion? Do I have excitement? I kind of messed up this slide. I don't even know if it's right up there, but uh, I messed it up and says favor on a slide I had instead of fervor. And I thought about that. And I was like, you know, we are so blessed by his favor upon us. Why wouldn't we be passionate? The God who has such grace for us and, and willingness to forget. And this is the other thing that I didn't really get to and I should have shared about fervor. See, God knows your intent. God judges us by our, our intent. He knows your heart so well. He doesn't look about, I don't even think he's worried about actions versus uh, non-actions. He looks at your heart and he knows your intent. 
See, Jesus refers this to this about this, this thing about committing a sin, right? He tells us that if you had hatred in your heart for somebody else, you've already committed murder. If you lust after somebody else, then you've already committed the act. You've already committed adultery. See, God understands your intent. He knows your intentions, and he knows it well. And that's what God looks at. God looks at where you are headed and the direction you want to go, and that's what he judges you on. Because those intents lead to other things, right? Those lead to sins. Those lead to places that you've already committed inside of you. And it stems from here. See, murder, murder is a terrible thing, but if it's happening here, it's even worse because this is your soul. This is your spirit. This is the place that should not be defiled. And this is the place we need to get right with God. Accurate. Do I care about what I'm saying? Do I value what I'm saying? Am I authentic as well? And then bold. We, if we don't have the courage like me, maybe sometimes you don't have the courage like me to stand up, realize it's not about you, it's about him. And we rely on his strength. We rely on his Holy Spirit to give us the strength to stand, to take a stand for him. Let us pray. Dearly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this message. And thank you for Apollos. What a great man. We thank you for Luke who wrote these things down for us to understand and kind of get a sense of who Apollos was, the creed that he lived by, the the actions that he took, what stood out about who Apollos was. Lord, as we think about Apollos, help us to think about ourselves and and who you made us to be and who you want us to be. And, And maybe we should take on some of the things that we hear about Apollos that we need to look inside ourselves and say, am I somebody like that? Am I... Somebody that represents you well. Do I live by these things? And Lord, I pray you just continue to guide and direct us, Lord, that you would just continue to help mold and shape us. Help us to continue to grow in you. Help us not to feel like we've arrived at some place that we know enough. Lord, we can always grow. We can always become better for you. Lord, help us to be bold and share this good news with others because we live in a world that needs hope. And you are the greatest hope that could ever be shared. In your wonderful, precious name, I pray and ask these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.